the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Weekday evenings on FM 101.5 and AM 1400, The Patriot. It's 6 o'clock talk with Daryl Wood. Host Daryl Wood brings you the day's news and trending topics as only he can with a unique blend of conservative opinion, constitutionalism, and thought-provoking analysis. Join the conversation. 6 o'clock talk with Daryl Wood. A daily look at the news in a way you won't hear anywhere else. Tune in to 6 o'clock talk with Daryl Wood on FM 101.5 and AM 1400, The Patriot. Or stream at PatriotDetroit.com. You are in, in what part of the country? <laughs> Southwest Colorado. Wonderful. How are you picking us up? Oh, I stream you guys on my uh, iPhone every day. Fantastic. Um, I, I am a resident of Sterling Heights, but uh, I frequently come to Southwest Colorado. I am just thrilled to be hearing from you out there in Colorado. Continue to listen, tune in again, and call at your earliest convenience. Godspeed. Run to Win with Daryl Wood, Monday through Friday at 4 p.m. on Faith Talk Detroit. Welcome to the Jewish Hour. I'm your host, Herschel Finman. We've got a wonderful show for you. This is the Simchus Torah edition of the show, the final holiday of the week. Oh, no, of the month. So in this half hour of the show, being that we've been running around doing all kinds of wonderful things, in honor of the holiday of Sukkot, we're going to do some book reviews in this half hour of the show. We received piles of books. And I know I inform the publishers when I do the book reviews. And if the book you sent me is not listed here, it means we're not reviewing it. My mother always said, if you got nothing good to say, don't say it. So we only enter my inter my my reviews are like the good housekeeping seal of approval. You can go out and run out and get the book. Second half hour of the show, we're going to talk about Simcha's Torah and the portion of the week, which is Brachis Genesis one one. We're starting over again. Yes, indeedy. We've got some classic Simchas Torah music scattered throughout the show. A fine Hasidic story all the way at the end. Before we do anything else, let's go right to the news. Violent rioting broke out in East Jerusalem during Sukkot. Several assaults by Palestinians on Jewish residents and security personnel were recorded. Police arrested 23 rioters. Israel, this is the big news, Israel and Lebanon finally agreed to terms of a treaty that would share natural gas rights in the Mediterranean. Under the deal, this is one of those on-again, off-again type things, but it seems that this is going to be the real deal. But the right-wing politicians and the very right-wing politicians in both countries, Lebanon and Israel, just don't like the real deal. They're going to try and stall it until after November when both countries have, have elections. But under the deal, Israel gets the bigger field at 17% of the profits of the smaller field. Israel is providing Ukraine with basic intelligence about an Iranian drones that Russia is using against Ukraine. A private Israeli company has also begun providing Ukraine with satellite pictures of Russian military positions in Ukrainian territory. An ADL report shows that the Anti-Defamation League shows that more than 350 anti-Semitic incidents occurred on U.S. campuses last year. According to the report, there were protests and events, BDS resolutions, vandalism, harassment, and physical assaults. Speaking of campuses, Stanford University apologized this week to the Jewish community following an internal investigation of its admissions practices in the 1950s, which were discriminative of Jews. Really? 
And finally, Ben Bernanke, the former Fed chair, shared the economics Nobel for the prize. That, let's, well, I don't know why it says it this way, but shared the Nobel Prize in economics for his research on banks and crisis. And that makes two Nobel Prize winners this year, this that were Jewish. And that's the news. Why go to a hospital get healthy? At Encompass Healthcare, you get the state-of-the-art wound care like in a hospital. The same medicines, the same everything without being in a hospital. Why put yourself at risk of getting a hospital-borne infection? Did you know that last year, one in six people died in America because of infections they got in hospitals? Encompass Healthcare is an outpatient facility. That means you get your wound care treatment and then go home. There are no wait times at Encompass Healthcare like in ERs. Healthcare is personal and works better, faster, and easier. Encompass Healthcare provides a state-of-the-art outpatient facility close to where you live. Call 248-624-9800. That's 624-9800. Auto accident, workman's comp, and most insurances accepted. Encompass Healthcare's goal is to get you healthy with as little disturbance to your daily activities. Call 248-624-9800. Herschel Finman here. You're listening to the Jewish Hour. As I said in my opener, so we've been running around doing all kinds of wonderful things. For the Sukkot holiday, we had a great party this week. And the circle. we've had people coming in and out, benching Lulav. I was running all over town, shaking the Lulav and the Esrug with people. And so something's got to give. So I didn't manage, I did not manage to organize a, an interview for this week, but we'll hopefully get one of those next week. So I have, we, we have been receiving for the last two months a pile of Jewish books for sent to us by the publishers which we tell them we're going to review. The amount of books that I have here to review are 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. Represents, I wouldn't say a small fraction, it's a large fraction. It's probably about a third of the books that we received over the last two months. And all these books, by the way, are available for loan at the Rothschild Jewish Lending Library of Jewish Ferndale. And you can go on jewishferndale.com and uh, peruse the, the car, the, I can't call it a card catalog. It's called, the, I guess, the web catalog. So of all the books, these have not been entered yet. Um, you have to get, get the old ones up. And this will happen probably uh, after the holidays when we have these up and ready for loan. But uh, so these were these were the best ones. Now, I did it according to not which one was the best and which one wasn't. It didn't do it that way. But I just did it by publisher because some publishers sent us more than one book. So the first one I want to do, and this one I hope to get an interview for this one. And this is uh, maybe even next week. The, it's Stanford University Press. It's called The Holocaust and now North Africa, written by Omar Baum. Now, this is something which was eye-opening to me, and it's even a point of contention in Israel because Yad Vashem has been sort of like shirking its responsibilities, and this is one of the questions I would probably pose to Mr. Baum, that saying that there was no Holocaust in North Africa, but there <laughs> they have it documented. The Germans, you know how they were. The the Germans are very exacting. Everything's documented. Their exact locations of where all the concentration camps across North Africa were. And this is in a uh, a really in depth Stanford University Press. It's a really in depth analysis, and fascinating, eye opening material. And uh, like I say, this is this one's actually going to deserve. I hope to get an interview on this one, the Holocaust and North Africa. Next, the following bunch are from Mosaica Press, which is an imprinter of Feldheim Publishers. So we got a whole bunch which they sent us. The first one, The Secrets of Tshuva by Aaron Raps. And in it, he goes through, like, the uh, starting with Elul, going through, through Yom Kippur, the whole mean and mode of getting closer to God. There's a, it was uh, I got these all before this shipment before Rosh Hashanah. So this is a lot of the books came has have to do with like self reflection and these type of things. These are the books they were pushing, 
And I tell him, anything you want me to promote, just, you know, send it to me and I'll promote it to for you. So this, this is the, uh, the genre that they sent me of stuff. So this is The, um, the Secrets of Chuva by Aaron Raps. Um, this is a very good book if you're interested in, like, following. Like, it's a little bit late to be looking at it now. You can look it over and go through, but next year, definitely a thing to do. Next one, is this is a book by Chaim Tureff, The Recovery in the Torah. Now, this has become a big thing. Um, AA's been around for uh, maybe 100 years already, and a part of it is one of the, the steps is, is like giving over to a higher power. So, which there, since it's it's ecumenical, non-denominational, so it doesn't actually come out and say what what higher power we're talking about, but everybody knows. I mean, most AA meetings happen in churches, and the uh, the ones that don't happen in churches happen in synagogues, and the ones that don't happen in churches and synagogues happen elsewhere. But so, for the most part, they're happening in houses of worship. So the Torah. Supplies, or it, I would say, even defines the idea of how to trust the Almighty with giving up one's addictive behavior, and this is its recovery. So it replies; it refers not only to alcoholic addiction, but also to narcotic addiction, to gambling addiction, and eating disorders. These type of things. So there are, Avram Torsky spent his life with this type of stuff, and we have Sheish Taub is on the market doing this stuff. So this one is Chaim Taref, a very good book, Recovery in the Torah. Next, Expanding Your Potential. This is by Jonah, this is his name. I hope this is, this is the way I read it. I don't know if this is one person or two. I think this is one person. His name is Jonah Simcha Chaim. His last name is Muscat Brown. That's the way I think it is. It's kind of confusing because it's written on two lines. So Expanding Your Potential talks about, listen, everybody could be doing 100%. And in Judaism, what's expected of a person is 100%. That's what's expected of the person. So what the... Mr. I'm assuming Jonah, okay, Chaim, Jonah and Simcha could be both male and female names, but expanding one's potential is, it's like, what do you, what did you wake up for in the morning if not to reach your potential? So he goes through the calendar, the Jewish calendar from holiday to holiday, month by month, and sets out a, uh, a prescribed plan where a person can be able to reach their potential. It's, uh, Quite fascinating work. Um, if I would say take a look at it, you come to the Jewish Ferndale, you take a look at it, give a quick look, take it out. We allow books out for a month. You can't take it out for a whole year. So if you like it, you'll, you'll go buy the book. And uh, again, that's Expanding Potential. Jonas Mchachayim Muscat Brown is the author. Next one. This is a very interesting t- subject. Somebody says to you, you're you did a wonderful job. You are you are the greatest at what you just did. Thank you so much for being such and such. Natural tendency is to just poo-poo it and say, eh, "Who who are you fooling?" So uh, you know, <laughs> give me a compliment, and I'll I'll think, "What who?" You know. So that's just generally the way people are. And people have a tendency, a real tendency of beating themselves up. This book, it's called Gratitude with Grace. The person should look at their lives, and it's by Sarah Berkowitz with a V. Again, these are all by Feldheim, by Mosaic Press. The person looks at their lives, and you should say, look at the, like, listen, we did good things. God, look what the good things that God has done for us. Don't look at the problems. Problems everybody has. In fact, I tell people there's no such thing as a problem. What there is is a solution yet to be found because it says in the Talmud that for every disease, God has already provided a cure. And what do you have to do? You have to go find a cure for that disease. So any problem a person has, so God has already put up the solution to the problem. You just have to go find it. Okay, now things are going good. 
recognize it. You know, accept it for what it is, and uh, it's it's a good read. So it's a quick read. It's a good read. Okay, the next one is a bit more scholarly. It's called Knocking on the Gates of Teshuva by Rabbi A. Levin, and it's an analysis of Maimonides' laws of the doing of, of repentance. So Maimonides' laws of repentance requires study. You just You can't just read through it. I have, I just, uh, as a matter of fact, uh, I think we're almost done. I'm learning Maimonides with somebody, and we're doing it a little bit slower, not doing it uh, the Lubavitch way, which is to learn three chapters a day. We're doing like about five or six paragraphs in an hour, and uh, going through it slowly, methodically. So we're in the middle of Hilchus Chuvan. Every paragraph is an entire lesson and how to relate to the Almighty, how to relate to God, how to uh, relate to yourself, how God relates to you. So Knocking on the Gates of Teshuvah by Rabbi Levin, he does a very good job of analyzing that tome. The next one, a biography. This is a, this is a book that they, could, they, <laughs> they should make a movie about this person. J.J. Hecht was a character. Anybody who lived in New York in the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, knew about J.J. Hecht. He was a radio personality, but that was just, like, very minor. He, he the guy was a dynamo. He, I, We would classify him as ADHD at this point, but he was ADHD at the point that he got, like, a zillion things done simultaneously. The guy never stopped. Um, he set up many institutions, the first, uh, the first, uh, he ran the first Baal Tshuva Yeshiva for men and for the first one for women and uh, had Camp Amuna and uh, the National Council of Defense of Jewish Education. The Rebbe used him, leaned on him to get things done when something needed to get done, like immediately he would, J.J. Hecht would get called. It's done by, I believe, a grandson whose name is E.L. Tenenbaum. And uh, he's got like a, he had a zillion kids, thank God. And the zillion kids had a zillion kids. So he's got uh, two zillion grandkids and uh, they're, they're all very special people. So, um, yeah, I would say take a look at this biography. The uh, It's just called J.J. Hecht. His name was Yaakov Yehuda. And so everybody just called him J.J. because he was he was in too much of a when someone would ask him his name he'd say JJ because he was in too much of a hurry to say Yaakov Yehuda cut it down to two syllables from from six so yeah this is and like I say they should really make a movie about this person it's very special now the next book it's a kids book and when I saw it included in the stack I said oh, okay kids book. So generally, kids' books have ba- the same basic formula, and there's a there's a there's a person, and the person has a small problem, and the problem goes away, and that's the, that's the basic gist of every kids' book ever written. So this was not the same, but it's along the same. It's it's something to be brought out, and it's the first time I've ever seen such a thing. It's called My Special Uncle. By Ahuva Aaron, I can't hope I pronounce it right. Aaron Price, and it's about uh, it's the point of view of a nephew who has a special needs uncle, and this is called my special uncle. When it says my special uncle, it's referring to this person who I think in the in the pictures maybe has Down syndrome, and the relationship that the nephew has with this special needs adult. Uh, it's done very. Um, it, it's a very heart heart moving story, and uh, I recommend it very much. Okay, those are all the ones. All those previous ones. They're talking about the secrets of teshuva, the recovery in the Torah, expanding potential, gratitude with grace, knocking on the gates of teshuva, J.J. Hecht, and my special uncle are all from Mosaic Press, which is from Feldheim, and you can get all those from Feldheim.com. Next one up, or the next two are from Urim Publication, and I believe it's just Urim.com, maybe Urim Press, Urim Publishers, maybe it's Urim Pub, U-R-I-M. 
is it's an Israeli uh, organization, a concern, and a major publication of wonderful Jewish work. So we have two works by them. And the, the both of them are uh, not light reads. These are these are these are these are swarm. These are book. The first one is called "The Quest for Authenticity." This is a book which has never been read before, written before. Uh, it's an amazing thing. There was a a Hasidic leader by the name of Simcha Bunim of Pshicha, who lived um, 150 years ago, maybe maybe close to 200, probably 175, whatever, when he was prominent in the city of Pshicha, which is located many miles east of Gross Point Farms. And he has a whole philosophy that he developed in his own writings. And this is the first English analysis of it. It's not a translation of anything that he wrote. It's an analysis of his whole means and style. And he, this, this might, you know, if, if I'm feeling kind of geeky, I might, uh, it's very specific. And there's a very specific audience for this one. It's by Michael Rose. And uh, I might get him on the show just because this is such an unusual book and deserves attention. The second one is The Sages of the Talmud. Mordechai uh, Yudovitz or Yudovitz or something like that, how we ever pronounce his name. It's J-U-D-O-V-I-T-Z. Yudovitz, we'll call him that just so you can remember it. Sages of the Talmud has short biographies and vignettes of many, many, many of the sages of the Talmud. And to do that, what a person has to do is they have to do a lot of research. We're talking about people who lived 1,700 years ago. And where is it that we have writing about such people as these sages? In the Talmud, in the Medrash, and all these. Let's go back to primary sources and read all of them to find source work of material about what this person was like and uh, the, the the effect that they had their philosophies and who they were and where they lived and what you know et cetera, so who their teachers were, so very um, you could see there's a lot of lot of research went into this. Um, it's not unless you have such a mind. It's like short vignettes about a lot of rabbis. It's not a uh, sit back, get back, and easy read unless you want to just like know lots of stuff about a lot of people in a quick amount of time, but it's definitely worth having around, especially if you're a student of the Talmud and you get a name of somebody and you think, I'd like to know more about that. I always, it comes up to sometimes you have some uh, sages that are mentioned just a few times in the Talmud, like where, where does this person suddenly come from? And uh, to get to know what this person was, this person was just not some fly by night, just because just he's mentioned in the Talmud three times. <laughs> Big gun. So uh, that's that's this, the Sages of the Talmud by Mordechai Judowitz. Finally, this one is also a biography. This is by Wicked Sun Press. First book I ever got from Wicked Sun Press. It's called Fighting Back, Stan Andrew and the Israeli Air Force. It's a it's by by Jeff and Craig Weiss. I should maybe say it's listed there as Jeff Weiss and Craig Weiss. They could be two Weisses that are not related to each other. They kind of look like uh, they're related from the pictures of the book, on the back of the book. So it's his story. of This is an American who picked himself up in the 1940s and moved to Israel in order to help Israel develop an air force before they even had any planes. It's an amazing story. If you like uh, those type of, uh, of, um, of biographies that have this like uh, edge onto them, this is, this is definitely an edge. This is also one of those things they could make into a movie. Have, uh, I don't know, <clears throat> I would have had like Burt Lancaster play the character, but they, they don't do that thing. I haven't been to movies in years and years and years. So my knowledge of actors is, is lacking. So I don't know who the the big, strong, brawny guys are, but you get that type. It appears to be like a Bart Lancaster type, which probably not, because most Israeli fighters are like five foot seven. You know, the planes are small. So, um, again, it's Wicked Son fighting back, Stan Andrew, Israeli Air Force, 
by Jeff Weiss and Craig Weiss. And that's going to do it for the the book reviews for this week. We'll probably do this again a couple months, maybe after Hanukkah, because Hanukkah season, they send me again. I get a whole rounds of books that the, the uh, publishers send me and uh, should be good. So, And again, these will be on the shelves at the Rothschild Jewish Lending Library in Jewish Ferndale sometime in the upcoming weeks. And you can contact us. You can go to Jewish Ferndale and hit the contact, and we'll let you know about it. We're going to take a quick commercial break, and we'll be right back. Don't go away. You're listening to The Jewish Hour. Want assurance of quality and excellence in kosher? Look for the Michigan K on the label. What's it look like? The Lower Peninsula of Michigan with a K. It's a symbol of the Michigan Kosher Supervisors. Go to their website, mycosup.com. That's M-I for Michigan, K-O for kosher, and S-U-P for supervisors, mycosup.com, and find this month's featured products. You'll find Michigan K products wherever fine food is sold, especially at Natural Food Patch on West Nine Mile Road in Ferndale. New Year approaching, why go anywhere else for your holiday shopping when you can go to the Grove? Fully renovated, the Grove is located on Greenfield Road, just south of 696. At the Grove, you'll find the largest selection of kosher foods and wines in Michigan. Looking for fresh, round holiday challahs, honey cake, or exotic fruit for the New Year? The Grove has it. The Grove has the freshest produce, gourmet dairy, deli, and meats. They even have a kosher bakery and hot takeout right on the premises. It's The Grove on Greenfield Road and 696 for all your shopping needs. Hey, Shulfinman here. You're listening to The Jewish Hour. Let's listen to some music. You've been listening to me long enough. So this is Barry Weber. Came out with a song called Chag Sameach, which means happy holidays. Came out for the holidays, so let's have a happy holiday.
We all know there's an opiate epidemic, but Advanced Rapid Detox has a solution for people addicted to pain pills, heroin, and dependent on Suboxone and Methadone. Advanced Rapid Detox performs detox under sedation in the hospital. Patients sleep through withdrawals and wake up without cravings. Dr. Julia Aronoff and the staff at Advanced Rapid Detox help people restore their lives and the lives of their families. Addiction affects everyone, even in the Jewish community, and Advanced Rapid Detox is there to help. Call 800-603-1813. That's 800-603-1813. Or visit them online at www.advancedrapiddetox.com. Herschel Feminine here, listening to the Jewish Hour. We're playing some Simchus Torah music now, since Simchus Torah is Sunday night, Monday night, and Tuesday. So this is the Maxwell Street Klezmer Band. They're back. They took a long hiatus. It's like really, it's like a revival of the group. Looking at the the original the original albums, the albums they came out in the '60s, what they look like, and then what they look like today. So they were kids back in the '60s, basically, um, probably er, young college kids, I would say. And now they're uh, they're <laughs> they're older people. So it's really cute to look at. And the song is called Hakafot, which is the dancing around in Simplest Torah. Let's listen. Some things are better the way they used to be, like the crisp feel of a cool autumn day, the serenity of a baby sleeping, or the feeling of coming home after a long trip. Franklin Cider Mills makes cider the way cider is supposed to be. Its old-fashioned, clear, crisp taste reminds you of a cool autumn day. Located in the heart of historic Franklin Village at 14 Mile and Franklin Road, Franklin Cider Mill has been making cider the same way for over a century. Always fresh, with no additives or preservatives. 
You just can't buy Franklin Cider in any supermarket. Franklin Cider Mill is open from Labor Day weekend to after Thanksgiving from 7 a.m. to 6 p.m. Come visit Franklin Cider Mill. It's kind of like coming home. Herschel Finman here, listening to the Jewish Hour. This is one of my favorite all-time songs. I was just like, I didn't even have to think. Am I going to play this song? It may be the 28th year I'm playing this song in a row, but this is Joe Amar. Who could not like Joe Amar? And the music song is called Halila, which is talking about Simplest Torah. Let's listen. Why go to a hospital to get healthy? At Encompass Healthcare, you get the state-of-the-art wound care like in a hospital. The same medicines, the same everything without being in a hospital. Why put yourself at risk of getting a hospital-borne infection? Did you know that last year, one in six people died in America because of infections they got in hospitals? Encompass Healthcare is an outpatient facility. That means you get your wound care treatment and then go home. There are no wait times at Encompass Healthcare like in ERs. Healthcare is personal and works better, faster, and easier. Encompass Healthcare provides a state-of-the-art outpatient facility close to where you live. Call 248-624-9800. That's 624-9800. Auto accident, workman's comp, and most insurances accepted. Encompass Healthcare's goal is to get you healthy with as little disturbance to your daily activities. Call 248-624-9800. Herschel Finman here. You are listening to the Jewish Hour. This week we have two things to sp- about which to speak. First one is Simchus Torah, which happens on Sunday night and continues through Tuesday night. Uh, the conclusion of the Tishrei, the high holiday season, is culminated with Simchus Torah, which Simchus Torah, the Lubavitcher Rebbe once said, that how should one celebrate Simchus Torah is by tapping into the source of unlimited joy and thereby being unlimitedly happy. Or happy happiness unlimited, yes. Because it's marking a new beginning. It's we read we the technically speaking, what's what's the celebration about? Is there's a yearly cycle in the synagogue where we read the Torah. The Torah is going to be completed on 
Simchas Torah, on Tuesday, we will finish the reading of the Torah. And since we finished something, uh, which is a good thing, so we're celebrating. And it says the Torah itself really wants to dance, but the Torah doesn't have any legs. So we provide the legs for the Torah, and we dance. And the more you dance, the happier the Torah is, and the happier the Torah is, the happier you be. So that's that's the idea of it. But there's more there to it. At the conclusion of Simcha's Torah, after the sun has gone down, the holiday is over, the somebody in the synagogue announces Yaakov Halach Ladarko, which is taken from a verse in the portion of Vayetze, back in the book of the middle of the book of uh, Genesis, it says, after Jacob had his dream and God told him, I'll take care of you, it says Jacob went on his way. This refers to the Jewish people because the whole month we've had three solid weeks of Jewish holidays and people who have to like work for somebody else. So it's been <laughs> Monday, Tuesday, no work. Tuesday, Wednesday, no work. Monday, Tuesday, no work. Monday, Tuesday, no. so it's like four weeks where a person's only working three days. So it's like, you can't, how do you get anything done? I mean, me personally, thank God, I I, <laughs> I work for Jews, so I, I get the holidays off. I don't have to get penalized for not working. And on the contrary, rabbis work harder on the holidays. So, but now, holiday's over. So what do we, yep, jack hit the road. We're back on, you know, we, we have to do, we have to do our things. We have to get back into the world. And so it's like, why should I, I of course I'm going to celebrate. It's a new beginning. It's like when somebody's born, when a kid's born, everybody, first of all, everybody yells mazel tov. You get mazel tovs all the congratulations. You just had a kid. Okay. We have no idea what the kid's going to do. Okay. The little kid for the first month is going to sleep. And eat and go to the bathroom. And it's like, yeah, hey, mazel tov. Like, okay. And how are the kids going to grow up? No idea. But we're all happy this person had a baby. Because it's a start. It's a beginning. So here it is also. We're starting. It's a beginning. And so we dance. This leads us up to the upcoming Shabbos, which is called Shabbos Breshis. Shabbos Breshis. Breshis is the name of the portion. It's the first word of the Bible in Hebrew. Genesis 1.1. We'll read through till chapter 6. It's a very long portion. This covers a long period. This covers 2,000 years in one portion. So with the story of the creation of Adam all the way up to pre-flood. So it's a long, long chunk of change. Big chunk of change there as far as time goes. And so... There's the adage, I'm not sure if it was coined by the previous Rebbe, but the previous Rebbe definitely uh, was a proponent of it. It says that how one acts on this Shabbos is an indication how the rest of the year is going to go. And the Rebbe would, would give a disclaimer and say, not necessarily, you could always go better. So if you had a bad Shabbos break, for example, don't worry about it. So, but... It's because it is a time for the beginning. It's a it's a it's a new time. It's Brachis in the beginning, so that's the the deal there, that we're starting out again. But it's not the same Genesis that it was last year. Last year's Genesis was a fifty seven eighty two Genesis. This year's Genesis is a fifty seven eighty three Genesis. It has to be better than last year's. Now, how better it does it be? So there's a custom I was taught in yeshiva that every year we learn the, we learn the portion. Every, in the course of a week, we learn the, what's going to be read in the synagogue on the Sabbath. So it's divided, the, the, the portion's divided into seven parts. Seven people get called up to read from the Torah. And each day, so we'll learn one of those parts. So on Sunday we'll learn the first part, and Monday we'll learn the last part. So by the Sabbath, by Shabbos, we've learned the whole the whole thing. 
So it is customary to do it with Rashi, who's the simple commentary. But then there's also the idea that a person should find some other commentary and learn that as well. So there's always something new. Because I stopped. I remember the the second time that I learned through Chumash. The first time I learned, I started in 1975. And I just had the Chumash. And I had, uh, it was an English translation. I didn't understand Hebrew. And I read through it. And I was like, yeah, okay. The second time through, I went, wow, I didn't notice that. that that's, that's like totally new to me this year. And then the third year, it was like, wow, I didn't notice that. It's like totally new to me. So after about 10 years of that, where I was actually fluent in Hebrew already at that point and teaching classes in, in the subject, I stopped saying to myself, wow, I'm amazed. It's, I found something totally new. Because it's like, duh, the Torah is the will and wisdom of God. It's in, and the will and wisdom of God is infinite. And as much as I can wrap my head around it, there's always going to be more. And it's always exciting. What new, what new thing, what new process am I going to discover this year in 5783 that I didn't discover in 5782? I can hardly wait. So speaking of hardly wait, I can't hardly wait to tell you the Hasidic story that's coming up. We're going to take a quick commercial break. And uh, actually, we're not taking a quick break. That's <laughs> 28 years of taking a break here at this point have uh, conditioned me like the uh, the old mill horse that just walked around in a circle every day. So, But at this point, but I'm just going to tell you the story. In the city of Lechachov, is the name of the city. I believe it's Hungary, if I'm not mistaken. It might be Czechoslovakia. I know for sure it's somewhere east of Gross Point Farms. That's about my knowledge of the geography. There was a big holy rabbi, very holy rabbi, by the name of Mordechai of Lechachov. People these days call it Le- Lechachov. Might be, that might be how you pronounce it, Lechachov, but um, I don't know if the city even exists anymore. It was a little shtetl, a little tiny shtetl. Okay. And had this rabbi. Things in this part of the world were really dire. People people lived from hand to, hand to mouth. Was like They just lived from hand. Never mind hand to mouth. They couldn't even make it to their mouths. That's how poor people were. When it would come time for sukkahs, they, people didn't have the materials to build the sukkah. Nowadays, it's like no big deal. You go online. You go to a company like sukkah.com or sukkahproject.org and you order this thing and it comes in a box and an hour later you have a sukkah, bada bing, bada boom. It's made out of different component parts. You even have this thing you could uh, uh, just open a box and it pops up, done, finished. Takes one second, takes 20 minutes to put it back, but one second for the thing to pop up. So it's like us, it's like we don't, we don't, you can't even relate to these things. People didn't have the boards to make a sukkah. So this Mordechai of Lechachov, what did he do? He had what was referred to as a board gemach. A gemach means a free loan fund. And he, in the course of the year, would assemble boards. He would keep them on the roof of his house. And uh, people would come to him and they would borrow boards they didn't have. So it happened. It was a Friday which that year, Sukkot began on a, a Friday night. So it's like the day before, the afternoon before the holiday. An old shoemaker, a very poor old shoemaker. It says it describes him that he was wearing rags and he had torn shoes, the old Yiddish expression that a shoemaker's children goes barefoot. He was lame in one leg, so he's hobbling along. So he says to him, Rabbi, just finally I've been working so busy trying to make enough money for the holiday. I haven't had time. Do you have any boards that I could borrow? And he said, I don't have any. I'm out. So he said, okay, fine. I'll find. So he went knocking around. He said, this Mordechai Lechachev was like watching him through his window. He's an old man. He's limping. It's raining. This, it's, it's getting late in the day. And he's knocking on doors, and he's not getting a whole lot. I remember my my Zeta, my grandfather, also had like a when he came to Sukkot. What did he do? Is he took old boards and he knocked them together into this little hut thing. It wasn't like you know if everything pre-made, prefab. My, I remember my grandmother being very 
and it took him days to put it together. I remember my grandmother being, my bubby being very impressed that her son, my uncle, got a sukkah, and it was prefab, and you could put it up in an hour. No fuss, no muss, no, bo- no, no boards, no hammers, no nails. Ta-da-da, bada-bing, bada-boom. She was just amazed that you could have such a thing. And, it's a, and she says, and it's a sukkah. On top of that, too, it's even, it even is a sukkah. So he's getting pieces. He says, this Mordechai Lechachev prayed to God. He said, Master of the world, look, look at your children. This person, he's wearing tatters. He's limping. It's raining. He's walking in mud. And what is he trying to do? He's just trying to fulfill your commandment. The Jewish people deserve something. So this Mordechai went up to his roof, and he found, he thought he gave them all out. Maybe it was a miracle that the board suddenly appeared. God put the boards there. He found boards. And he asked his servant, go give these boards to the shoemaker. And because it's so late, you put the sukkah up for him together. That is going to do it. We hope we had a chance to entertain you a bit. We hope we had a chance to educate you a bit. We hope you dance your shoes off and have a great simple a great Shabbos Bracious from a Stelzik Shabbos Bracious Fitman Agansior Unbesser. And we wish you only good things. We'll see you back next week. This is actually Ernst Bloch, Simchas Taira. Take care. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.